0: The Waddle & Sylvie podcast is brought to you by BlueChew.com. Get the chewables that give you the confidence you need and the performance you both want when it's time to have fun. BlueChew.com. Use code Vegas for $20 off your first order. Now, Waddle & Sylvie. All right, it's Waddle & Sylvie. We're live at Hallis Hall today. And uh, let's, Feels
1: good in this building. It does. The vibe is great. The vibes
0: uh, arrow pointing up. <laughs> let's talk uh, some White Sox as uh, this has been the big story around not only these parts but nationally too. And um, Jesse Rogers with the culture big picture too is a huge story. Jesse will join us in a couple of hours from New York. AJ Pierzynski has been one of those players uh, in White Sox history. That really, he's a tone setter. And uh, he's a guy, too, who's been vocal about a guy who's wanted to get into managing. I, I've always respected what he's done and what he brings to the table. He's a great broadcaster these days. He has his own podcast. And um, I thought he'd be a perfect person for us to speak to today. Um, it's Waddle and Sylvie, and he joins us right now on the CarX Tire and Auto Hotline. AJ, when you saw... The the highlights of the T.A. Jose Ramirez fight, what was what was the first thing you were thinking? What
2: the holy hell is happening? <laughs> I mean, because, I mean, listen, I was watching. I was watching it live. I watch every game. I, I'm yet to figure out why, and I'm also trying to figure out why the heck we did a podcast for two hours today and an hour and 20 minutes of it. we're dedicated to a team that's twenty almost 25 games under 500. So, uh, I mean, I watch, still watch every game. Uh, I was watching, and when it happened, I was like, what is going on? Because then when they, you know, and then I was like, can we please get a replay? And they didn't show a replay for a while, and then when they they did show it, I'm like, man, that was a strange thing to start a fight like that. Uh, But then all the stuff starts coming out from, you know, from the Guardian side, because that's all we've heard from is the Guardian side. We haven't heard one bit of it from the White Sox side. So the Guardians are saying, you know, the White Sox were chirping, T.A. was chirping, and, and whatever, and Ramirez being the leader of their team was like I've had enough, and uh, you know just it just went from there. But I was you know, as, as someone that watches every game and and pays attention, it's like what what, what started this? And then once you hear, you're like, man, I want to now I want to hear from the White Sox.
1: A- AJ, is this symbolic of just the chaos that is existing with this White Sox team at this point?
2: Uh, I don't know about that. I just think that. It's symbolic of what's symbolic to me. And I said this on, you know, foul territory today on our podcast that, uh, you know, where, how come TA hasn't spoken on this? How come, mm-hmm. how come Pedro hasn't, they haven't spoke about this. Like where's, where Mike Kopech said a few things about it, but he didn't even speak about like, where's the White Sox side of what happened? I, I want to hear, I want to hear from TA. And, and I want to hear from Pedro Gafol. Tell him, tell us why, you know, and he said this is probably the biggest win emotionally. Well, why? Because they got into a fight, right? Like, well, why didn't they get in a fight opening day? Because maybe things would have been a little different <laughs> during the season. I, I don't know. It was just that's what that's what's been the strangest thing to me is that they the, the response from the White Sox. Listen, I, listen, and, you know, people can say what do you, you know you're you're doing this, you're doing that, but listen, I live this, right? I, I mean, I live this moment of Tim Anderson. I mean, there were some differences, obviously, but I went through this. I, I know, and I was. And, and I was there. I answered the questions after the game, and I answered the questions the next day, and I played the next day, and and, and I get it. I mean, you know, if it was a scheduled day off, I get it. But, man, if Ozzy game would have come to me the next day after the Michael Barrett fight and said, hey, we're giving you the day off, I would have been like, hell no, I'm playing no matter what. Like, you're going to have to fight me to get me out of the lineup. So, so- I, I mean, I don't know. And I'm not. maybe Tim Anderson tried that. I don't know because I'm not there, but we haven't heard anything from Tim Anderson, and we haven't heard anything from really the White Sox other than, you know, some – some cryptic tweets from Tim Anderson and Pedro Gafaud refusing to
0: speak about it. AJ, that's what I was going to say. I looked at Miller. I looked at uh, waddle before we had you on. And I said, shouldn't a, shouldn't uh, TA stand up in front of his locker today and just tell everybody everything. Like if you're hurting from all year, let, let everyone in. If let people know what you've been going through. Tell people about the fight or what bothered you. Um, but but whatever it is, shouldn't you stand up in front of that locker today and be held accountable?
2: I mean, that's what I would recommend, but I'm not in that clubhouse. I don't know what T.A.'s been going through. I don't know what's going on with T.A. I mean, obviously, I know he's not had the year that everyone expected. He's too good of a player uh, to have a year like this, you know, for such a long time of of not being what he's done. I mean, he's been a 300-hitter his whole career. He's driven driven in big runs his entire career. He's got huge hits for the White Sox his entire career, and I liked him. I mean, when I've been around him, I mean, granted, it's very limited, but he's always – I've always talked to him, always had a good relationship with him, always been friendly, you know, and, and, and I want – listen, I mean, I'm a fan, first of all. I mean, I root for the White Sox. I won't hide that fact. Um, and I want him to win. Uh, and, yeah, I mean, I, I said that, you know, that was kind of my thing is, is, like, after the game, after this whole fight happened, like, just stand up and say something, but not to avoid the media. I mean, yeah. I, 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 and again, I'm a. I hate comparing. Can you guys hear me? Yeah,
1: yeah. Yeah. No, I just said it's a lack of leadership for sure.
2: Well, yeah. I mean, my thing is, is like, so today on our show, foul territory, Eric Kraft was on, and we were talking. We had the same discussion, and I said the same thing. And he said, you know, I talked to Michael Barrett about the thing that happened with you, and the one thing Michael Barrett did was he didn't speak to the media about it after the game, and he still kind of doesn't speak about it. And he said it's more of like a personal. Now he's like feels bad about it because he didn't get to give his side of the story. And now it's almost too late, right? And, 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 um, you know, it, like Jose Ramirez is up there saying, you know, hey, this is what happened, you know, and, and listen, obviously, Jose won the fight, but, you know, when between Michael Bear and I, I mean, he obviously hit me. So I guess you could consider him winning the fight, but, you know, at least I stood up and was like, hey, this is what happened. This is my side of it. I don't know why he hit me and, and whatever, right? But if you don't ever speak about it, just, emotions and, 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 and thoughts run wild, imaginations run wild because we have nothing to go off of on the White Sox side other than Jose Ramirez started this because of this and he got into a fight. And he punched Tim Anderson in the face and called whatever you want, but I mean he knocked him to the ground and then, you know, it was, it was kind of a melee after that. But, you know, where's the other players standing up for Tim Anderson? Where's Pedro where's Rick Hahn? Where's you know whoever being like hey we're not going to put up with this you know it's like i get you want it to go away but at the same time it happens and so now you got to deal
0: with the consequences aj you've referenced that day uh, a couple of times with you no one ever likes to get hit in the face and there is an embarrassment to that but you almost spun it and used that for 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 good like in that moment you're like yeah hit me in the face now let's go look i took it like a man And it didn't hurt me. It didn't bother me. Tell us the mindset as that happened to you, how you sort of spun it for good.
2: Well, I mean, listen, I didn't know what happened. I I mean, I still kind of like, when I look back on it, I mean, I obviously seen the replay a bazillion times because every time Cubs and White Sox play, the first thing that everyone runs is that fight, right? Because it's kind of become a moment in that series. And it will be forever because it was such shocking. So for me, it was more of, I was always taught at a young age, like whatever happens, you stand there and answer the questions, and you know you you again you have you give your side of it because your side is the only side you have. And I mean, yeah, I mean, listen, people always come up to me, ah, oh, you know, that guy knocked you out, and you know, blah, blah blah blah. I'm like, well, okay, if that's what you think, if that's what you remember about it, then great, that's your decision, and that's what you believe. Uh, but for me, it was like, okay, if this happened. It's part of your your story, and it's part of your career. Why run from it? Embrace it and be like, yeah, you know what? He hit me. All right, cool. Because I like I, again. I, I hate to keep mentioning this, but when, I, when we did our podcast, today, I said, and after, even after, after this happened, I was t- texting with some buddies and people, and I was like, I hope Tim Anderson likes that photo because for the rest of his life, people are going to ask him to sign that photo. It yeah. happens to me more than you know. I'm sure it happens <laughs> to Jose Bautista and Rogan Dior. And now Jose Ramirez and Tim Anderson are linked forever. Every time a Guardians play a White Sox, guess what the first thing, first thing they're going to show? When they play next year for the first time, guess what the first thing is going to be on the video? It's going to be Jose Ramirez and Tim Anderson fighting. Yeah. So you better enjoy it, and it's better to embrace it than to fight it, because if yeah. you try to fight it, it's going to make your life miserable.
1: AJ, Jesse Rogers wrote an article. It was, I think, sent out last night. He talked with uh, Keenan Middleton, who uh, was obviously traded to the Yankees. And Keenan said there's no rules inside that locker room, guys are falling asleep. Uh, there's no accountability. What is, you, what is your take on hearing something like that? Have you heard whispers about that? And whose responsibility is it to make sure that that atmosphere doesn't exist inside a Major League Baseball clubhouse?
2: Well, obviously I saw uh, Keenan, Sorry, Keenan's, uh conversations that he had uh, and, and what he said. And Jesse Rogers, man, he, I don't know how Jesse Rogers got scoop. I mean, I remember Jesse Rogers. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we'll play that for him. He's joining us at five tonight. So yeah, yeah well, I think we're having him on on Wednesday, so I'll tell him first. Oh, perfect. Uh, yeah, I actually talked to Jesse a long time at the All Star game, so we had a great conversation. But uh, you know, it, it you know what it does to me as a, someone that you know is a fan of the White Sox. I you know I'm an ambassador for the White Sox for the fans. I, it breaks my heart. It's sad. It's sad to hear that, right? Because you don't want to hear that about the team you root for. You don't want to hear about the team. You want to win. You don't want to hear that, oh, man, there's no rules, there's no discipline. Like, I I don't – guys, just there's too many rules. Okay. We can make an adjustment that way, but if there's just – you know, the inmates are running the asylum? Gosh, man, where does it start? I don't know. I I, I don't know where it starts. And, again, I'm not there every day, so I don't know how it happens. I'm not in that clubhouse every day. You'd have to speak to people that were in that clubhouse every day to get a little more, you know, just – stories and truths or, or facts or fiction or whatever lies, whatever it is. But, I don't know, for a guy to leave and then, you know, say those things, he must really believe it because, guess what, the, the White Sox play the Yankees and guess he's probably going to pitch in that series. And, guess you know, it's going to be interesting when he comes into that game to see the reaction from not only the fans but from the White Sox themselves when they have to face him. Uh, but, gosh, man, it's sad. And, and where, you know, I always look at what Ozzy you know, love or hate Ozzy there's one thing Ozzy said, and, and I firmly believe this, is that you can be whatever manager you want to be, but if you don't have players that can take over and handle the business inside the clubhouse, then you're going to have a hard time as a manager. You have to have player leaders because you can only hear it so many times from a coach, and I, I believe that. I firmly believe that. I, I firmly believe that you know you should, You should. need to have guys in the, in the roster and in that locker room every day that are, that are going to battle with these guys I think graphics is how we do things. but us clean it up, but you also have to have the backing.
0: Did we lose, uh, Let's see if we could uh, reestablish with AJ, because that's really good stuff. And because I wanted to ask him, that being said, as a guy who was in that clubhouse as a player, sure. and I'm sure did some policing too, and a guy who wants to be a manager, like how would how would he handle that? Then? Does he still want that job? Right, I mean, and right. how would he clean it up? Yeah. But knowing that players also have to be responsible I think for it's, that sort of l- stuff. Listen, my answer to my own question would be it has to be a combination. Obviously,
1: the manager needs to set a tone, but the players also have to take accountability as
0: well. So, A.J., you were talking about like players need to – it ultimately needs to fall on the players, too. You have mentioned that that is a job, and I think you'd be good at it, um, that you would like, that you would like to be a manager. A, is that still the case, and how would you clean that up?
2: Well, I mean, of course, if someone comes to you and says you want to manage my big league teams, it's probably not going to be a no, more than likely. So, of course, that's something I would like. Now, it would have to be the right situation. But that's a whole different – we don't have enough time on this program to get into all that. But Sure, we uh,
3: do. How do you yes, we do. <laughs> yes,
2: unless we do. You guys don't take breaks, unless you guys don't take breaks for like two hours, <laughs> which I know you guys, you guys get paid so much, especially, in you know, a Waddle, that, you know, you guys need all the breaks you can get.
1: Sorry, AJ, we need to take uh, a break right now. We'll get right yeah, back to you. <laughs>
2: Exactly. So, how do you clean it up? You, you got to find and listen. I, I, I've been around Pedro a little bit, and I, he comes across as a great guy. And I mean, I think he can be successful. But I feel like you have to have you have to have the backing of the front office and the coaches and the players. And you have to you have to be able to to sit people down and give them the truth and say, Hey, we need more out of you. We need this. We need that. And if they can't handle that, then maybe they're not the right fit on the team. Or maybe, and you also have to have players that aren't afraid to go up to guys and say something and say, Hey, I mean, listen, I'm Ozzy to come to me and say, Hey, can you go talk to so-and-so about things? I'm like, sure. He's not going to like me. And Ozzy's like, well, we don't like you anyway. So just go do it. Right. Okay, fine. Uh, And I had no problem with that because I, what I felt we were doing was the right thing to not only help our team, but help the player in the long run. And I think now everyone, what it's become is nobody wants to, not be liked by every single person, whether it's because of their social media brand or their their agent and we have the same agent or whatever it is. Um, it just, you have to have people that are comfortable enough and have enough guts to say, all right, go to somebody and say, hey, you're sleeping during the game and you're a rookie. Like, let's not have that happen again. If it happens again, then you do something. You go to the manager, you go to the front office and say, hey, this is happening. Can we have a conversation? But I don't think guys want to do that because nobody wants to stir the pot Nobody wants to rile anybody up. It's like, okay, oh, and he does it. That's the way he did it in AAA. Well, okay, but that's not the way things have been done. And, and listen, I'm not saying, like, things are better and this and that. But there has to be a little bit of accountability. There has to be a little bit of respect. And also the manager has to have the ability to say, you know, you saw in Boston, Alex Verdugo goes, wait, guess what Alex Corey did? Hey, you're bench, Tampa. Kevin Cash says, hey, Wander Franco, you're being a bad teammate. You're benched for two days. Right, That stuff needs to be there because there has to be a little bit of a fear factor as a player of your manager in your front office. that They can actually do something to you, even though you have a $100 million contract. Because then you're like, okay, I need to do the right thing in my everyday work and my everyday life. And if you don't, guess what? We'll we'll find a way to find someone else.
0: And that's the hard part with the big contracts. Can you give us an example of back when you were with the Sox of when you were asked to talk to a player? I
2: don't remember, dude. I've been concussed too many times between then and now. I don't remember. I don't know. I mean, I'm sure I could come up with some if I think about it. I don't know. I mean, I, I think it was even more, I remember, I I, I can give you, one time with the Braves, I remember even when I was at the Braves, right, at kind of the end of my career, Freddie Gonzalez, and I don't want to give any names of people, but, you know, said, hey, can you talk to this person? You know, they respect you and he's not doing this properly. I think they were late and they weren't watching enough video and I was like hey, so I go to him and I said, Hey man. Went out to dinner with him and I said, Hey listen, like this is what I'm getting. I don't know because 'cause I'm not there, but you know, if you don't want to watch a video, you're not a video guy, go in there and watch Turn, just sit at the computer and turn on a sitcom and act like you're watching video, the picture. I don't know come up with something right or just be there on time so that people see you and i don't care if you're there and then you want to you know so people see you and you want to go take a nap in the training room but, but at least you're there and they see you and you know that you're on time Like it's just things like that and you know and, and freddie all like you're okay with this and i'm like yeah no problem i'll, I'll talk to him you know you try to be positive about it then it's just it's, it puts everybody in a bad situation but again it starts it starts younger than that it starts at in the minor league level, and it starts even—I would say—even at a high school to, to even below that travel ball. You have to be on time, or you don't play, right? And just teach kids this because it's become such a a sport of you know. And, and listen, I'm, I like it. I like a lot of the me-me that's bat flips and the emotion. Not—I mean, you guys know I played with emotion. I would have loved to play now because hell, I could have got away with all kinds of stuff I didn't get away with <laughs> back in the day. But you know, I mean, there's also got to be a little bit of a self pride, I guess, which is like, hey. I'm going to be on time. I'm going to show up on time. I'm going to be early. I'm going to get my work in. Why? Because it's the right thing to do, and that's and that's hard sometimes to, to tell people because everybody has different beliefs in, in what they do.
1: AJ, when you talk to guys around the sport, what, what is the consensus about this White Sox organization in the baseball universe? Is it
2: a laughing stock? What do people say about this team? Every team, every person that I talk to, and I'm fortunate working for Fox, doing games every Saturday and every week, and getting, going to the managers' offices and the front offices, seeing a lot of times there and there, and coaches and players. And of course, everybody associates me with the White Sox, even though I played for a bunch of other teams, but everyone just associates me with the White Sox. And the first question, more than likely, when they come up is, I can't, why don't they win? You look at their team, why don't they win? And I'm like, I don't know, guys. Like, I don't work there. I'm not there. I'm not in the. I'm not in the trenches with these guys every day, so I don't know. But that's like the first question, and then they're like, "Man, there's something wrong there." It's like clockwork, right? Man, how do yeah. they not win? They're too talented. They have too many good players. Their coaching staff is too good. How do they not win? I'm just, I'm like every other White Sox fan. I'm like, I don't know.
1: AJ, do you know who ultimately, at the end of the day, is in charge? Is it Rick Hahn or is it Kenny Williams?
2: I. Got someone? Do you, you know? I don't know because I'm not I'm, I'm not privy to any of that stuff. I come in, I talk to fans, I talk to people. I don't really talk. I mean, I talk to Kenny. I I like Kenny a lot. I talk to Kenny whenever I'm in town. I talk to Jerry when I'm in town. I talk to Pedro when I'm in town. Uh, you know, I don't talk to Rick a whole lot. Uh, hard, actually, hardly ever. Um, you know, but I, I don't know. I mean, that's that's a that's a question for Rick or Kenny. I mean, I thought. Rick had all the power, I thought, but Kenny, Kenny oversees Rick, and then Jerry. I, I don't know. I, I, I really, honestly, I don't know. I know. And the, and the fact that the nobody
1: problem. knows, I think, wouldn't you say, AJ? Kind of is the problem. Is a problem.
2: Oh, uh, I mean, I don't know. We won a World Series with chaos in two thousand five, so I don't know if that's the problem. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's what it's, it's like. And AJ, you said you talked to Jerry some. You and you've said throughout this conversation you're heartbroken or like it hurts you. Do you you know if this bothers Jerry? Is Jerry heartbroken? I know know it does. No, I talk to Jerry all the time.
2: Like if I'm in town, I always make it a point to go see Jerry if he's in town. There's no like – I because Jerry, I love Jerry. I love talking to Jerry. I love talking to him about life, just life, And, and not only about the White Sox, but he gives great advice about a lot of things. On the field, off the field, in your personal life, he's—he's. He's, I know he takes a lot of heat in Chicago, but he is a very smart and he is a caring human being with a big heart. And he, listen, he's—he's he's a great human being. So I want to make sure that everyone understands that. Yes, I've had conversations with Jerry that uh, you know will not be repeated, will not be talked about. But yes, let's just say that I have brought up a lot of things to Jerry, and he's given me answers and uh, that are not to be shared here. But I'll say this: that Jerry cares, and I know he, has, he can't sleep sometimes when he when he when they lose. And I've called him before and said, "Hey, I'm working the game. Are you going to come?" He's like, "I can. I, I I just can't watch us lose again. It's driving me nuts." And so, uh, yes, don't don't ever doubt that Jerry Reinsdorf cares or not, because he ultimately cares probably more than anybody.
0: You slide him that resume, don't you? Yeah. I mean, I on. know he you knows the resume. Still want this job, AJ? <laughs> you're, 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 he's hired the manager before AJ. I know. Uh, yeah, that didn't work out so well.
1: honestly is this i mean we've just talked about a lot of issues with this this organization and 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 you've made it quite clear your passion for this organization is this still a job that you would want
2: i mean in the right circumstances of course i mean listen jerry lines of college it's kind of like what happened with robin ventura right i mean i think i'm a little bit more engaged in major league baseball than what robin ventura was when he took the job right um and i played for robin i love robin so i don't want anyone to think i'm That's a slight on robin at all but i mean he was coaching you know his kid in high school which i do but i'm also do you know a daily show and i do games every week so i know kind of i feel like more of what's happening in the game than what robin did and uh you know if jerry reiser called me and said hey we want you to come in and interview for the manager's job i mean it would be an easy yes uh there's only 30 of those jobs and obviously my heart beat special for the white Sox and won a world series the whole deal so i mean yeah of course it's something i'd be interested in now am i going to actively politic for it and say you know kind of like what you know ozzy does a lot of times which you know know, without saying he doesn't want to be the manager when we all know he does want to be somebody or he did want to be the manager i don't know if he does anymore um no i'm not going to do that because ultimately if they they want you they'll call you i don't think you have to go out of your way to call people and say hey you know, hey, I want to be your manager. You know, like Jerry knows. I've talked to Jerry about it. He's asked me these questions, and I've given him my answer.
0: It's good stuff. It's a- great. A- AJ, we really appreciate you picking up the phone for us. We, you're doing great work on the podcast. We saw you had Lance Lynn on today. The that was really good. We're gonna play a, a little bit from that a, a little bit later. But uh, keep killing it, and and we always appreciate you picking up the phone. Thanks, AJ. Thanks, guys, and I hope these White Sox, man, they get it fixed because mm. I don't want to go
2: through a year like this again. Yeah,
0: well, I got one more question for you. You got you got a second? Yeah, yeah, yeah. How about them Cubs? Who? <laughs> <laughs> Who's that, is that see, what, what, what do they play? See yeah. you, AJ. See you, buddy. There he is, AJ Przinsky. He's always he's always good. I knew he would be good on on this topic. Obviously, regarding. Yeah. Um, Tim Anderson and the culture and talking to guys and everything. It, he makes a great point, too, having been in that position in,
1: in in some way, that the Sox not addressing the issue in the manner in which Jose Ramirez
0: it, it, is, is is just another it, sign like it, that
1: they lack direction and leadership. It's
0: accountability. Yes. It's always been accountability. It's all these managers have been accountable losing their jobs, Hitting coaches lose their jobs. Pitching coaches have lost their jobs. Players have gotten traded. Rebuild after rebuild. You know who've not been held accountable? Rick and Kenny. And, and on and on and on. And so it, and it's just rinse and repeat. And it's why they don't win. Looks like uh Rick Hahn and Pedro Grafal will speak in the next twenty five or thirty. And, and and I like I would advise Rick Hahn not to be defensive like he was with the Sun Times. Yeah. Like again, this is and and what's going to be done here? What's going to be done to to, to change this this team with the, the the infighting again? The infighting with the team, the, the underachievement from the team. It, it's the culture issues. The guy's not working. Like, if a guy like Aloy consistently limps and we hear that he doesn't work hard, like one thing, it was a totally disconnected thought, but I was watching quarterback and I was seeing Patrick Mahomes, what he does to, like, the angles for his leg, to the torque that he puts on his leg, and knowing, like, Tom Brady, what he does – with uh, to to make sure that they don't pull muscles and everything like that. And I always think: Do the Sox do this stuff? Like they have one. Uh, well, obviously not because there's, no, there's no rules, as you mm-hmm. heard from True. Keenan Middleton, there's no rules. But like, do 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 any of them have any pride in in like they're they're multi million dollar athletes? Do they have any? Do does Aloy want to stay healthy? Does he does he put does he treat his body like? He wants to play for ten or fifteen years and be great. I.
1: It's a good question. This is why when you add this all together, maybe I'm just living in the moment. I ask the question: Is this rock bottom, and will this be the impetus finally for some sort of significant
0: change? We'll see uh, what Rickon has to say. So we'll 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 spin back that audio. See if we could carry it live, whatever the case may be. Um, I want to take these calls. I know we usually have Waddles World. I know we've had full phone lines. We haven't had a chance to take a bunch of them. Let's let's get let's to a bunch do of that. them. Your reaction, AJ. Your reaction to the Jesse Rogers story regarding uh, no rules. Um, the TA fight three three two three seven seven six. We'll get to all of them coming up next. It's that time again.
1: we Waddle's
0: World.
2: Tom Waddle did have to use a lot of smelling salt.
1: Take these phone calls, but can I quickly tell you that Waddle's World is brought to you by our great friends and partners at Wintrust Community Banks. They are Chicago's banks, and to find your nearest Wintrust Community Bank, visit Wintrust.com slash find member FDIC. Can I also take this quick moment to share an update about our good friend and teammate Steve McMichael? Of course you can. Coming from Betsy Shepard, uh, Steve is still hospitalized in ICU, and they expect him to be there a few more days until his pneumonia is cleared up. So uh, keep him in your thoughts and your prayers. Uh, he's still hanging in there, and I know he feels all of the support, and Betsy's constantly re- uh, updating us on his condition. So uh, say a few prayers for our guy, uh, Mongo. But um, the sepsis the right is gone.
0: Yeah, it he's is gone. He, yep. he keeps fighting. Yep. He's always Strongest been a guy I've ever met. Yep, yep. Um, so TA is appealing the suspension. And he is in the lineup tonight. That is correct. Rick Hahn is expected to speak at about 345. We will spin that w- as soon as he's done, and we will play you some of that.
1: By the way, uh, and it, it and the reports are that Tim will not speak about
0: this until mm. the, uh, the appeals process has come and gone. Later, we've got to read the tweets and at least it's see if you speak T.A. Okay, yeah. yeah I'll you, try to you, interpret. In, to try and interpret? Yeah. The the tweets that he sent out yesterday. Um, I know our buddy Berto had the rant of the year. I'll remember two things from this White Sox season forever. I'll remember the TAF with Ramirez fight, and I'll remember the original Berto rant. Berto from the West Side has called in yet again, and uh, he is on uh, with us right now. Hey, Berto. What's going on, boys? Good to hear
2: your voices. How you what's, doing? What's up? How are you doing, <laughs> yes. I think, is the more
3: important question. <laughs> uh, well, you know, okay, first of all, let me just say, uh, J-Ram is soft for that. Uh, he started the fight. He got upset over being tagged too hard, and he poked <laughs> Tim's face. And Tim, like uh, the caller David said last hour, he was a man, and he stood his ground. And I'm sorry, but I think that Tim's teammates failed him. Elvis Andrews watched their team captain get clocked in the face and didn't even react. I don't care what Tim has done in the locker room with Yaz. You know, seasons are long. Relationship dynamics on teams are complicated. If you're playing out of town and a soft little baby like J-Ram has a temper tantrum on a play he was staked on as the gall to haul off and poke your teammate in the face, You watch your teammate try to stand up for himself and then you watch him get punched in the face, you get his back. Never mind the fact that the punch on Saturday is essentially the World Series for people in Cleveland right now. It says a lot more about them than it does about the Sox. The fact that Tim got six games and that giant baby J RAM only got three is actually disgusting. But Yeah, but but, Burdo and
0: and like you were tweeting about it too. When I when I wrote the tweet about that I thought it spoke volumes that no one yes. did anything after that punch people assumed that it was just saying it spoke volumes only about TA like I Correct. thought and like it, I thought that it spoke volumes about the Sox as a whole too I thought when exactly. you watch when you watch your teammate no matter what get hit in the face for no one to run after Jose Ramirez I thought was weak. I, I, like, oh. I, to, I've never seen that before in a fight. Usually in a fight of that magnitude, when someone gets hit, you, you see someone else go after that player, right? And, yeah. and, and no, no, one he, went, no one went
3: after him. There's her. no fight on this team. No one on this team is fighting.
1: Right. Come on, Eloy oh. was Eloy was coming in to help out. Then he got stepped on his foot. He had to go to the side.
3: Eloy you know, you know, got hurt putting his hand on someone's shoulder. <laughs> I mean, give me a break. Anyway, listen, Chicago is an actual city and real things actually happen here, and while Cleveland is still stuck on Saturday, we're on another news cycle, which is the downward spiral of this entire organization. And you know, in the in the wake of the rant. I had some unbelievable responses. I was so grateful for it, but I had some guilt, too. You know, I love this team, and I felt bad calling people out to an extent. And, you know, as the season has unfolded, it's become clear. I I hate to say I told you so, but a lot of what I said has come to fruition. Mm -hmm. And most notably, the thing that keeps ringing in my head is that the entire organization is poison. Yes. Look at the, like you said earlier in the last hour, look at the leadership over the years. From Canerco's last year in 2014, it's been Abreu, who's just been soft-spoken, and then other than that, what is it, Adam LaRoche and Drake LaRoche? Yes. Come on! This is Everyone who's left this team needs to spill the beans. Lynn and Middleton have, that's great. Middleton deserves applause for what he did, so does Lynn, but I want Gio, I want Abreu, this needs to become an investigatory an investigatory piece. We need to know what's happening. You know, J-Ram is work. soft, and he picked that fight, and a lot of people OTA an apology, in my opinion. But AJ is absolutely right. The team in the front office should be all over getting Tim's back. This silence is deafening. They are crushing the morale of the team's most tenured player. His teammates failed him on the field the other night. And the organization continues to fail off the field with each passing minute. So I just, I want to say this. Tonight at the game, boo the players who aren't trying. You know, boo Moncada, boo Yaz. You know, Milton comes in, cheer for him. But most importantly, this needs to be a call to arms for Chicago fans. They need to show up tonight with signs, they need to have the chance fire Kenny, fire Pedro. Fire Rick all game, all game. When I when I called you guys a few months ago, we were the laughing stock of the league. We were eleven games under five hundred. We're almost twenty five games <laughs> under five hundred now, and we're fifteen point. games out of first. Man, yeah. this is Berto, ridiculous. Berto,
0: good stuff. Thank you. There's hey, Berto from the West Side. Kid,
1: I, I, and I, I mentioned this earlier. Um, I did not hear Jesse's description on Cap and Jay Hood about why Ramirez was defending what he did. Um,
0: and, and it sounds like there has been some building animosity. Right. And, and talked about this. We, I think it's in the system from the interpreter that, uh, like, he he again cited the not respecting the I game. don't know much about Jose
1: Ramirez other than he's one of baseball's better, best players and has right. been over the course of and time. And likable guys, too. That's again. what I thought. So I don't – like, I'm not blaming Tim – I don't know exactly what led to this moment. When you do put a finger, and I don't know if he ever made contact with Tim, but if anybody put a finger in your face in an entire, you would. I mean, you, you would respond as well. I don't know if you drop I, your I, gloves. I piss. I, I, I piss my pants. I, well, I don't. I, think, mean, you know, I, I don't <laughs> think you'd drop your gloves and set up like a Southpaw, but then fight mm. as a righty. But like, I, I, I just would. What I'm saying is is I'd like to know the background as to why it escalated in the manner in which it did. Had there been some join that was going on with Ramirez and TA over the course of the last couple of series, the things I had heard were that TA there was I, I saw one video of him with one of the the, the Cleveland rookies.
0: Tagging him, whether it was tagging him hard or pulling his arm off the base. Boy, he just hasn't played with that sort of emotion, though. Like, the emotion of that we saw, whether he's been chirping to the... Like, what Jesse said, there's been chirping between him and Naylor going back to the last series. He has not played in... in like, that, I, know he's, that, I know he's hit better recently. But he hasn't played with that chip. No. And that's what, what's made him a special player... Through the last several years of why he's been really good and why the White Sox were an above 500 team, well above 500 when he was in the lineup, and why they weren't when he was out of the lineup. Why he was a difference making player. And he just has completely fallen off since the second half of last year. Yeah, it's
1: again, it's been symbolic of the demise of this entire franchise over the last year plus. It's been, been crazy. Again, I think Jesse's article is the most damning part of this. Visually, the T.A. fight with Ramirez is the thing that stands out most. But Jesse's article with with Keenan Middleton discussing how there are no rules and guys are falling asleep and no one's being held accountable. It's just not a team that's on the same page and pulling from the same end of the road. It's a team without... Accountability
0: without leadership from their players and also without leadership from, from their manager or the uh, front office. You, you want to hear the, what Jesse summed up? Yeah. Uh, okay, I want to give you the background because so, you've asked a couple of times. I want to know mm-hmm. why this happened. Okay, so coming up next, I will play you that. Uh, Jesse was on this morning. Jesse's going to join us again at 5 to explain. But coming up next, we're going to play you Jesse's synopsis of what led to the fist fight. Because it had been building, and he gave, I thought, the best explanation I'd heard. This is from Cap'n J. We'll do that next. Then you're going to get Rick Hahn is speaking uh, on the field. We'll give you what he had to say. I'll, I'll give you a summation, and then we'll play the audio as soon as we can spin that around. We'll see how Pedro Graffol spins this as well. T.A. says he's not going to speak today until the appeal process is complete. I don't know why. Um uh AJ Prozinski doesn't know why either. If you want to talk to us about this, 312-332-3776.
3: Ah, commuting in Chicago.
0: Ah, if you're stuck, stick with Waddle and Sylvie. Weekdays two to six. All right, as soon as we get some uh, quotes from Rick Hahn, what he has to say today, we'll let you know. See uh, if they try and spin this at all. Um, because uh, I, 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 I've seen in a couple of places, too, that Lance Lynn has basically confirmed. Like, if, if anyone thinks that this is Kenyon Middleton, you know, just uh, sour grapes or someone like that, um, it, it, like the way they did it with Dallas Keuchel a couple years ago, no, like Lance Lynn on AJ's podcast said, "I'll tell you exactly what wasn't true," and then he and then he he shut up, and then it didn't say anything. Like everything, basically everything was true. And then I think there's a quote going around from a Dodger reporter saying that he he'd been there longer than Key is what he said, and and he's witnessed it all as well.
1: Yeah, I just wonder. Lance Lynn seems to be the type of guy that would speak his mind and, and try to get everybody in line. Maybe because he struggled so mightily this year, he wasn't as vocal inside that clubhouse as maybe he would have been in previous years. But you would think someone like Lance Lynn would, would be sure.
0: Yeah. Would well, be. they're all sort of responsible. Yes. Like no one's no one's without blame. No. no. Um, and and one thing about in the story, uh, Keenan Middleton talked about. Some of the guys leaving for the World Baseball Classic had a big effect on them, and Lance Lynn was one of them who was gone and was not in camp for most of camp. Remember, Team USA went far uh, all the way to the championship game. Here's Jesse. So this is this is Jesse did a great job on Cap and Jay Hood this morning of of giving you background on that it wasn't just the play that that got under Ramirez's skin that this goes back here for a couple of series now with T.A. and the Guardians. Um, this was Jesse, and Jesse's going to join us live in about an
4: hour from right now. Yeah, as often happens, guys, it's not the moment that it happens that, that the, you know, the genesis is. It, it, it goes back a bit, and it actually started back in Chicago. This is what I was told. The four-game series they played at the end of July, if you look at Game 1, July 27th, I got the Zabruder film out. <laughs> Go to the end of the game. It's, it's a 6-3 Cleveland win. But during the game, a couple things happen. Josh Naylor doubles, okay? And this is a game where Jake Berger Homer twice, and I think he walked, and got, he was on base a lot. And Naylor doubles and does one of the Jake Berger celebrations, you know, like the arrow thing he does, or whatever he's doing, shooting in air. I don't know yeah, what he's doing, but Right. you know what I'm saying, that, that thing he does. So Naylor does that. Tim Anderson takes some offense to that. The next day he gets on base, he starts chirping Naylor. I actually saw that as well. He's like looking forward, but you can see him talking. So he's chirping Naylor. Long story short, the end of the July 27th game, Classé strikes out Benintendi looking to end it. And then Classé says something like, get off my field, get off my field, even though this was at guaranteed rate. And as he goes back, NBC Sports Chicago cameras are still on them. Class A and Bull Naylor, the catcher, are kind of looking back at the dugout. You can see this at the very, very end, after the game's over. And what you see is Tim Anderson looking out at them. And then Luis Robert points at Class A, and Tim Anderson is, is the only one that's kind of staring out at them. And then fast forward the next few days, and then the series starts in Cleveland, and he's chirping, and he's chirping. Then the, uh, the rookies, you, you heard about that. Then the tag play where he knocks Rokio uh, off the bag, I believe it was, the day before. Then finally, it comes Ramirez, slides in there, and it was building, is my point. It was building and building. It started in the in Chicago series, and it, it, that's why it, it looked kind of innocent, right? The slide, not like they, they knocked each other over in that moment, but it was building, and here was Ramirez's chance to say something to him, and then, and then T.A. was ready to drop him.
1: There you go. So it it was more than just one event. Now again, like I understand people, what do you want Tim to do once a guy stands up and puts his finger in your face? Right, that's so what the car think, said. Yeah, I don't think that, you know, either one of us or anyone is is suggesting that you know Tim was egregiously wrong with anything. What we're saying is and almost chuckling about it is is if in fact you are going to drop the gloves and want to fight and you get knocked down that's going to stay on your resume, and as A.J. said to us earlier, that's the
0: picture that everyone's going to ask you to sign for the remainder of your adult life. I want to play you. Buster only talked about that yesterday on the national show, Baseball Tonight. Got sound from that. He also talked about the Cubs, the shocking story that is the Cubs nationally. And uh, I was at the game yesterday. I've got some I told you so's for people, too, on the Cubs. Excellent. So uh, I'm going to to bring that up coming up. Um, but some, some stuff, and then I want to play you some stuff that um, T.A. said before the year. And again, like I feel like because of the track record, because sort of what Jesse said, how this was building with the Guardians, this has been building in Chicago for a little bit too. Sure. And I think that a lot of people are sort of mad at T.A. already and and they're done with him. I think a lot of Sox fans have been done with TA for a long time. So a lot of baseball today. The Bears are off today. If you want to react about the Cubs, the White Sox, the culture issue, big picture or the fight on the smaller picture, 3123323776 all that coming up next.